the Creating Wealth and Wellness podcast with me, Tara Misseldine, and my co-host, Amanda Kingsley. We're going to team up today to take you on a journey where freedom is cultivated through personal development, where women connect to fuel their futures, and where wealth is created as a byproduct of being well. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Where we also try not to sniffle and sneeze through our cold. <laughs> or cough and hack, like I'm still doing after six weeks. <laughs> So I'm sure we're, we're just going to apologize in advance if that's going to happen. Just yeah, we're real. We're actually real people who sometimes get sick. Yep, that's true. We are <laughs> as real as it gets. Uh, and today we're going to talk about something super really real, and that is telling our stories. And yeah, before fun. we do that, we're going to share our gratitudes like we do every episode, because that's where everything should start, right? Yeah, good stuff. Um, I was actually just telling Tara that I went to... Um, I went to my first group like medium experience. <laughs> so um, if for anyone who doesn't know what a medium is, they communicate with those who've passed and it was mind blowing. So whether you're a skeptic or not, um, it is worth exploring. So fascinating and I'm super grateful for people who are brave enough to do that work, because it is not in the norm of what we're used to, and it is so powerful. <laughs> yeah. So there's my gratitude, particularly for Jess Steinman, who did the reading with us. Oh, cool. Well, if she's got a link, we'll definitely yeah, put it up. We'll link to her. If it was mind blowing, that's awesome. All right, so mine's gonna sound a little bit weird, and I'll make a quick explanation. <laughs> mine, my gratitude today is for when shit breaks. <laughs> oh, I, I'm with you. That's awesome. So I, I am in the midst of like a pretty glorious, like surprise day of being attached to the house. So I've been like, you know, going through all of Aria's clothes and getting all of her fall clothing out and, you know, put, putzing around the house and just doing all these amazing, amazing things because I had to clear the schedule so that my dryer repair guy could come this morning. Oh yeah. And they gave me a huge window of time that I had to reserve for him. So I had to like wipe the whole schedule for six hours. And he showed up at like 10 past nine and he was done before 10. So not only do I now have a working dryer, which is awesome, <laughs> but I get the whole day to myself because I had to block the whole thing off and there's no point in filling it in now. So That's I pretty awesome. Dryer. <laughs> and it's a gorgeous day here in New England. I don't know where you're listening from, but on this day, it is a really sweet day to have yep. some extra time. It is absolutely a perfect early fall day. And I'm <laughs> so, so grateful that I have the extra time and like tons of space in my mind and my schedule. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you right. for that. Um, totally worth the 250 bucks in drying laundry by hand for the last, <laughs> Holy <laughs> the last moly. two and a half weeks. <laughs> Um, it was worth it. So we're going to talk today about telling our stories and how absolutely pivotal, anyways, how pivotal it is for me that since I've discovered the stories that need telling, mm. having the permission and the space and the audience to tell them and share them with the world feels so pivotal yeah. on my satisfaction and my identity. So right. where do we, where do we want to start with this conversation? What pieces feel important to you about this topic? Well, I wish I wish I'd written down the way you just said it, but like you said something like since discovering the stories I need to tell, mm -hmm. because that's really step one. Yeah. Step one is like 
recognizing that I have stories because we all do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are the stories that I have that, that need to be spoken? Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge. So I, I don't, I really like the way you said it, but that's, that's for me where I would start the conversation is to just say like, everyone has a story, even yeah. if you think you don't, um, you have a story and it can, it can help you heal or it may also be able to help someone else heal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and that sort of points to why they are so pivotal yeah. because you know, it, it helps. They are meant to be of service. When you have a story that you know needs to be told, it's because it's supposed to be of service to someone. Yeah. You know? And while you were talking, I, I, I do a lot of work with archetypes and you know, my elements, which I love, and those are sort of perpetual, they're perennial, they don't really change. But the archetypes do, and so does the Y word that you work with a lot. Yeah. Um, and it occurred to me that most of my adult life, I really, really identified with the explorer archetype. Mm. And when I used the word discover our stories, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense because that's <laughs> what I was doing. Yeah. I was unearthing what those stories were. But once I discovered them, you know, within the last few years, I really was not identifying in alignment with that archetype anymore. I'm not looking for more stories. Now it needs to be something else in my, my Y word. And therefore my archetype also shifted out of the explorer. I don't have that need to keep discovering and unearthing. Now I need to, you know, really nurture and allow this story to come forth and that's now where I feel really really aligned that's Um, really exciting yeah that was that was cool to just put that together thanks for explaining it that way because I hadn't really done that in words it's proof of our evolution right which is so cool I mean I believe that we're here to grow and evolve and make a difference and so when you have those shifts where you start identifying in a different way it's proof of that evolution Right. Right. It's pretty cool. Okay. Well, do you feel compelled to share the stories that you're working with right now about yourself or do we want to talk more meta? (laughs) Um, both of us have some really big stories that we're sharing and then also like, where do we share these stories? Right. So like, what do we even mean by share your stories? Do we mean like tell a friend? Do we mean start a blog? Do we mean write a book? Do we mean speak on stages? Like, and we mean all of those things. So I just want to point out that for someone who has a story that they maybe don't want to tell, right? They're like, I'm never telling my story. That telling the story starts with, can start on a really like personal level. Write it down for yourself. Write it down and burn it if you want to. But there's an important piece um, in the healing. And again, the, this, the telling of stories and the healing may just be for you. It might not be for more people. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, you can audio record a story to yourself. You can just talk about it um, and record it yourself. You can journal it. You can write it. Um, but yeah, telling stories can be delivered in all of those places in all of those big and small ways and still be really powerful and meaningful and healing. And when you heal, even if you're, you're the only one healing in the telling of the story, it's having a ripple effect. 
right? It's affecting everyone else in your life. And so it's never just you healing because you have an impact on all the other people who become a part of your future story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we can certainly talk about some of the big stories that we, um, that we feel called to tell. <laughs> um, but I wanted to just throw that out there. What do we even mean by telling our stories? Like where? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to echo that because there have been times where, you know, there was a, a, even a piece of my story that no one really knew for a really, really long time, yeah. or maybe they only knew like one perspective or one visible portion of what it was, or, you know, the sort of, um, the legend of what had happened that they had heard through the grapevine or something and how much my perception and my carrying of that, whether good or bad, yeah. changed when I shared it with intention, even with just one other person. Right. Um, it really does make a difference. So I, I would encourage that if it's not something, um, you know, because some I have I have some that were kind of toxic just sitting around with me by myself and not having anyone yeah. that could share carrying them, you know. Yeah. Um, so I I would suggest that if there is something that is really old for you like an old part of your story but it does not feel old <laughs> yeah there's something that needs to be done with it so whether you take you know Amanda's advice of just sharing it with the universe by putting it into words somewhere not even spoken word it can be written word um you know, if it, if it's been sitting around and hasn't evolved with you for a very, very long time, I, my wager is that something needs to be done with it. it probably needs to be told. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it needs to be, you know, it needs yeah. to evolve with you. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So one of the big stories I've been telling, <laughs> um, I tell a lot of stories, um, but I have been writing been writing a book and I know you've been writing a book um and again not everyone is meant to write a book but sometimes I wake up in the morning to write or I find time to write and I think am I ever going to publish this I don't know you know it could be a New York Times bestseller or I could just trash the whole thing when I'm done um, but there's so much healing in the writing and I am writing a story about abortion and I feel very healed in my own abortion and my own place in that. Um, and the telling for me is um, it's sharing that because particularly with abortion, there's so much energy and so much tension and so much emotion. Um, I think the story that I need to tell is very different than some of the abortion stories other people need to tell. And my story is I'm not just okay. Like I'm better than okay. This made me who I am and I'm so proud of who I am. And I'm not the only one who feels really freaking good about her abortion, not just in that she made a good choice, but this was an enormous piece of my evolution as a woman, a human being. And um, that's, and that this is a good example of how the story of abortion or the story of child abuse or the story of um, assault is 
it's different for everyone. There's not one story about any of these things. And that the more voices we can put into the pot, the more we can identify with each other, right? The more we can hear and connect with each other. So, Especially about these really, really deep or transformative or um, shadow area topics. Yeah. Um, we, we are definitely conditioned not to share these stories right. <laughs> or to share them from very particular, through very particular lenses so that they're acceptable to the masses. And right. um, that's actually, that is a very resonant to the story that I am telling. <laughs> so that is, that's great. So tell us a little bit about how um, you said you, it, it, you're not even attached right now as you write this, as you tell this story. Right now, it's just for yourself. Um, so you're not attached to whether it ever gets published or read. Right now, it's just a catharsis and a solidifying of the story for you, right? I am writing it to be published, and I actually think it's going to be a very powerful book, and it's going to reach a lot of people. But should that change anywhere in my telling, I won't, you know, I'm not attached to that. Like I'm not attached from writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of weird to talk about. I mean, I think that, I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to reach a lot of people um, in the way that I'm telling it. but I don't know how. I guess that's, maybe that's it, is like, yeah, I'm writing it for myself because I know, um, but it's not written toward me. It's written toward you, the reader. It's written for a reader, but if nothing else, it's part of my healing and growth. Yeah, so the, this is a perfect time to remind people if they haven't yet listened to last week's episode about honoring your commitments, this is so something that we talked about. Yeah. Because, like, would you, would you still do it? Would you do it over again, regardless of the outcome, regardless of the right. cost? Um, and I, I think that that's true for you, that this, that the telling of this story is like your, one of your very deep commitments right now. Yeah, for sure it is. And like, as a life coach and as someone who intends to spend the rest of my life working with women writing these 60, 80,000 words is, is putting together pieces for me that will, whether the book gets published or not, will influence how I work with women. Absolutely. So yeah, there's that piece of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us about your story. Yeah. So uh, my, the story that I want to tell right now is definitely a collaborative one. So I mean, I want to, I'm trying to instigate a big conversation Mm. and it's very, very raw for me right now as I'm watching other people's stories surface right now um, for people listening in the future. Right now we are in the midst of like the Kavanaugh hearings and a resurgence of the Me Too movement and lots and lots and lots of people feeling the need for these stories to come out. Yeah. Um, and some of them in really public and really exposing ways. 
And my, you know, the story that I want to tell, which I've mentioned on the podcast before, and I'm also in the midst of writing a lot of thoughts down. I wouldn't say they resemble a book yet, but they are lots of, <laughs> lots of thoughts on paper. Um, is is called Undomesticated Daughters. Um, and the idea is that I've spent so much of my life living in a reality that wasn't really for me. Um, you know, it was kind of, it was training and conditioning and modeling that I saw and adopted as what's real and it's not. And I wasn't really confronted with that, um, that sort of like inner dystopia until I had my own daughter and I realized that I wasn't actually willing to impose a lot of these things on her. So the, I, the, the story that I really want to tell and the conversations that I want to have are what are these things that we as women today in this reality need to unlearn so that we are not perpetuating them in the lives of our children and future generations. And, and that every woman that I have talked to about this concept takes that to an entirely different place than every other woman. Um, we all have lots of the same, you know, beliefs that we have come to start challenging, but we don't know necessarily how to unlearn them in ourselves, no less how not to, you know, perpetuate them in our own kids. And in the next it's generation. Really, it's a good example of where you have to discover it before you can unlearn it. Because a lot yeah. of stories yeah. are so a part of who we are, we don't even realize they're stories. We think yeah. they're truths. Yep. Can you give us an example of one of those? Like, can you give us an example? Yeah. Of okay. So the, the, the word undomesticated is why this is so important to me, because to make something domestic means to alter it for better use for someone else. Uh -huh. um, you know, and, and part of that is like, why do, why do young girls have to be nice all the time? Yeah. You know? You just can't you just be nice you know uh, hey be nice be nice be nice um and that's like a really simple one but that's one that i think many of us can relate to and that lesson when we're you know three four years old when we're just forming who we are especially as women like the the first way that we can become acceptable to people is by being nice mm -hmm. and that translates to women having so many experiences later on simply because they didn't respect, you know, their gut instinct or a legitimate fear or a legitimate caution or something like that in favor of being nice. They didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. They didn't want to have to, you know, be the recipient of someone's anger. They didn't want to disappoint someone. They, you know, they didn't want to lose their feeling of being valuable to, to someone else. So they compromised on behalf of themselves. Yeah. And I mean, that's like a really, that's a conceptual version of this, yeah. um, you know, but for me, like so much of my body image stuff is where it really, really comes up. You know, like concrete memories that I have of being a small kid that made me feel unaccepted or not acceptable because of something that I had zero control over mm -hmm. as a kid. And do I really want those, do I want those to be the questions that my daughter's struggling with? in 30 years, you wow. know, that she's not acceptable because of, you know, the shape of her legs or 
the the position of her teeth or like just something that is that I've learned is so superficially unnecessary to carry that load around. That's the kind of thing that I I I'm, want to have conversations about. Right. Yeah. And I think right now it's welcome. Those conversations are welcome right now. That's why I want to have them. Yeah. Right. They are. They're they're being heard in a way they've never been heard before. Yeah. Yep. And allowing other people to to tell their stories. Opening doors for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I like a lot of the work I do with women is um see, accept, honor and love yourself first. And and like when you're talking about being nice, like there's nothing wrong with telling your kids to be nice. It's like as long as they are being nice to themselves first. Correct. Correct. But that's the opposite of the way that many of us as young girls internalize that. That we have to be nice at any cost to ourselves. Yeah. And that's the difference is like um, teaching, teaching girls to, to honor themselves first, because that's how you honor other people in the world. Yes. By understanding what it looks and feels like to honor yourself and your body and your and your choices. Yeah, big big conversations. I'm excited to see um where it evolves and how you continue to share. Thanks. You as well. So the way that um I've talked about sharing my stories, you know, what do you what's your vision for where your stories will land? at you know at this point <clears throat> yeah so i definitely see um having very publicly available conversations so i'm envisioning probably a podcast and um social media and i'm i'm especially thinking that it's something that should be able to turn on a dime you know that's going to be like quickly adaptable if yeah. it turns into a book that is fantastic but I think I want something that comes out even even quicker and with more speed and adaptability than a book could yeah right right yeah I know that's something I struggled with a lot and still do like I'll sit down and I'll write a you know a chapter or 500 words and I'll think like I'm holding this hostage until someone gets the book and like they could use this right now. There's someone who these words could bring freedom and peace and healing to right now. And here they sit Definitely. until the next 40,000 words get written. And it's like, so I think about that a lot. Um, and yeah, I think that's really wise of you to think about how it can evolve. And I think that that is such a great juxtaposition between the two different kinds of stories that you and I are trying to tell. You know, your, your story is an extremely personal narrative that is going to resonate with a lot of people and help them unearth their story, you know? Um, and I sort of feel like because I'm envisioning my, there's there, every single thing that I want to say, almost everyone who will hear my story has had a version of it that is different than mine, but they know exactly what I'm talking about and where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, and like someone, like I have never 
had or had the need for an abortion, even though there's been things around me, I would still be super interested to hear from like a relating perspective. And because I care for you and all of these other women who do have versions of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I haven't had it. It's like a very specific niche of a story. And like it, my mind feels very like culturally oppressive in a way. Yeah. And so I think that there's lots of different ways, like we talked about in the beginning, ways that different stories need to be shared. And I do agree with you that I think that there's an amazing conversation that could happen while your book is coming to life. And I sort of feel like my book is a, just a documenting of the conversations that I'm about to have. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, there, and there, that's why like, if you have something like this, dear listener, <laughs> There's so many ways that you can get these things started. Um, and they're, they're all, the needs of each of these stories is very different. Yeah. And people are starving to hear real stories. Exactly. Real yeah. stories from real people about real things because we've been just inundated with junk for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. Thank you. This what is, is your could talk for hours about this, right? <laughs> yeah, <as always. laughs> what would you say your ask for today is? Um, well, my ask is that if you if you resonated with anything that I said, and you think you have a story that needs to come out, I would love to hear it. And whether you just want to have a private phone call with me, or even through an anonymous email. Um, I would love to be the recipient of your story. And if you want it to go farther, that's great. And if you want it to stay with me as a anonymously, you know, respectful sounding board, that's good too. But please reach out. My email is T-E-R-R-A-M-I-S-S-I-L-D-I-N-E at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Awesome. Well, that was my exact ask. Um, If you're a woman who has an abortion story that you want to share, or you have an abortion story that you've never told and need a safe place, um, I can be that. Uh, I I go back and forth all the time about whether or not I will include other women's stories in the book, and I haven't made an official decision, but um, the essence of everyone's story, it's my hope to capture that in the book so that it is healing for people who've had all kinds of abortions. So I'm just going to ditto that um, if you have an abortion story that that could be healing to share, I can be your safe space. Beautiful. Amanda Star Kingsley at Gmail. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. See you next time.